Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to tackle the Double Dragon cool. series. One, two, and three. The triple. The triple. The triple Lutz. The um, triple Lutz. So, You're a triple Lutz, sir, if I may say. But before we get into Double Dragon mm-hmm. and all its glory, uh, we got some feedback from last oh, week. Oh, Lord. All right. Now, no worries. This is, these are never good. This is, this, is, this is mostly good. No, it's all good. It's uh, all good. Ricky DeRocher wrote in. He said, I wanted to comment on the end of episode 122. He recognized the Patreon song before I named oh. it. Oh, look at you, DeRocher. He says that there were four Carmen Sandiego games for the Amiga. Where in the world, where in the USA, where in Europe, and where in time. Which I think that was all of the Carmen Sandiego games, period. And where in time. Yeah, that was was a later arrival. You could really lose her there. (laughs) Um... So, uh, yeah, we might check those out in a future episode. Oh, yeah. Amigo's Place. Um... He says that Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego was bundled with some Amiga 500s in the U.S., along with TextCraft, which he says was a really junky word processor, and Tetris. So that was a kind of a Two out of three. Bundle. Yeah. Actually, if I was a kid getting that bundle, I'd be like, oh. Yeah. I mean, Tetris, yeah, but I mean, come on. It's, it's not the most exciting. It's no Batman bundle, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Uh, he also goes on to say, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego was actually the first Amiga game that I saw and played. My family got a used Amiga 500 around 1995, and it was the A500 bundle with Carmen, Texas, and Textcraft, like he just says. The, the, the Tetris disc was missing. Oh, Dang, man, that's a kick in the pants. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he says he was really impressed by the graphics. Even seeing colors like gold on the screen was really neat. Which, I mean, if you were used to the 8-bit palette, that 16-bit or if palette. Or if you man, came off the PC where it was pink, oh, man. baby blue, right. black, white. <laughs> right. And the Amiga that they bought also did not come with a mouse. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope DeRocher got a host on that one big time. Yeah. So he says they had to use the keyboard shortcuts to move the cursor. Wow, around. that is this is the biggest Amiga fan I've ever heard. He yeah. still wants to talk about it. <laughs> he says later we got more, a lot more Amiga hardware, and uh, an off-brand mouse was one of the first things that, uh, that they got. Yeah, so, watch choice. Yeah, so thank you for writing in, Ricky. That's great. I'll tell you, I I uh, have you know on the twelve hundred, I had to use the keyboard for the mouse for the right the right mouse. Right. And just doing that was a monumental pain. <laughs> so I can imagine doing all my mouse work that's like the, that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, superstar YouTube commenter Daniel Cordell wrote in. and he Oh, says, he's the, ma- the master. <laughs> he says in England, he only remembers them getting the Carmen Sandiego cartoon. But it had the same theme tune as the one that I most eloquently sang. Well, it would have been week. better if he'd said, in England, Carmen Sandiego looks for you. Oh, yeah. You know. Like the what? Yakov's mural. That's right. Yeah. They don't have an English version of them, do they? I, it could be Daniel. It could be. You need to add that to your posting repertoire, Daniel. Just put it in there. <laughs> Kilbjorn Barman mm. writes in from Norway. He's not from Jersey. He's not from Jersey. <laughs> he says, I think one major reason why American football doesn't work so well here in Europe is because of all the breaks. I understand there are even long breaks just for TV ads. <laughs> That's true. He says, if anyone tried to do that with soccer here, there would be riots and carnage <laughs> in the streets. 
It's Here, he's, he's the second person that mentioned that that there would be there would be mass rioting. Someone else, I got another note. Someone said that. So basically, that's they, maybe that's the way soccer is because they have to leave right. it like that. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. Um, and he says, uh, by the way, don't you know that the U.S. is the current standing FIFA champion and that uh, has the most uh, successful national team in the World Cup? The, the, the chicks, yeah, the, yeah. the women. I did know so that. We, okay. we, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't figure them into the uh, the the thing. But yeah, they're they're awesome. It's weird how they're so great and the men are so terrible. The men have a they have their days. You know, they didn't qualify for the World Cup. This yeah, year. but I mean, it's not like they've always been crap forever. A couple years ago, they did okay. They got in. Come on, boat. I don't know. We don't want them to get sit down to the next league. Or but whatever. but Mr. Barman does say, I want to give the U.S. men's team credit, too. Unlike players from certain other nations, <laughs> U.S. players play honestly and respectfully. That's the way we roll in the U.S. It is. Everything. Just on, look at our commander-in-chief, baby. Everything. Hey, no comment there, but everything <laughs> everything above board, honesty and respect. That's our motto. Chris Folds writes in. Who? Um, this is Chris Folds. There it is. He says, uh, last weekend you posed the question, is American football more popular in Europe than soccer is here? And he says, I don't know anyone in the UK that has seen an American football match. So that's that's a strike a against football us match, right there. by yeah. the way. <laughs> I wasn't even aware they played games in London, and apart from the Super Bowl, I'm not aware of any match being shown on UK TV. The same goes for baseball, basketball, hockey, NASCAR, or IndyCar. So basically they don't care about any of our sports. Not even hockey? Guess not. Stunning. It's not the hockey's not ours, to be fair. Yeah. And IndyCar's not really ours either, is it? I don't know. Can you can you capture a moonbeam? Some of the minor channels might show bits to fill the schedule. In fact, I just looked, here's the schedule, and uh, the NFL <laughs> the NFL I like how you wrote that in. <laughs> the NFL is shown in the middle of the night. Right. So so yeah. Um I don't know if that does that support what you were saying? And, um hmm. I'm still not sure which is. I I guess since soccer is shown here during the day, I think soccer wins. I think so. I think so. Congratulations, soccer. (laughs) Um, And he says, in Europe, overall, the main sports are football, soccer, of course, rugby, F1, and rally racing. And then in the UK, darts, a big big sport. That's not the first time we've heard that about darts. Have you ever watched any darts TV, like British darts TV? It gets very uh, raucous. It does. The the crowds go nuts in there. And I love the athletes, the darts players, because they're all guys that you know spend a lot of quality time over at the pub. I know. I feel like I could be one of those guys. I I mean, I could. All you need is a a kind of a swashbuckling hat, Mm. and then you... (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Uh, that concludes the feedback section this week. That concludes the feedback it section. It's not like we're it's like we're filming something to show it up to a business. <laughs> this is by the way, I noticed that the robot made an appearance in the last episode. It did. Did you the, like that? The, no. The what? segment splitting robot boat. Amiga News. <laughs> I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that guy showed back up. What how did you dig that back up? You you told me you missed it, and so I brought it back. No, I said I want you to talk about that the entire show. I created an entire did you watch the did you watch the bumper that I made? No, I just you, listened you, to you it. Never I spent hours creating this Amiga News bumper. You made a visual, a visual yeah. bumper. What's There's it look a, like? It looks like a, like a thousand <laughs> Amiga globes spinning with one Amiga globe in the center, uh-huh. and then it coming around like the Universal thing on the movies. It uh-huh. says Amiga News, and that really you did. The, how long did that take you? I, it didn't take me that long. It took me. I don't know. I had to relearn how to do everything. Man, well, that's kind of. I don't know if it's dedication or. 
I wanted to reuse the Amigos fanaticism would be a better word for and it. And then Amigos game of the week, you uh-huh. you got to see that you got to watch the podcast. So now we're back to the bumpers. If we got the bumpers back. If back you're in. not watching the podcast, you're missing out. Now, why did you get rid of the bumpers initially? Uh, uh, initially, out of sheer laziness, <laughs> I got tired of, of pacing them in. That's but, all. <laughs> but now that I have to spend quality time after every episode, making sure that our sound levels aren't terrible. And so I'm today you're really there. freaking out. Today, and yeah, yeah. So today uh, we are. If you're not watching the uh, video version of the podcast we are back to our roots with the usb mic because thanks to a windows 10 creators update um, the Tascam 4x4 uh audio interface is no longer working and so um but hopefully it doesn't sound too bad and i'll do what i can in post to uh make sure that it's listenable very good boat very nicely said all right let's move on what's going on this week in amiga news amiga news and this is where it'll happen Amiga news. You're going to cut me out and it's going to be right there. That's right. <laughs> um, let me tell you, just right out of the gate, because I thought this was oh. outstanding. Um, our good and dear friend, Dan Wood, uh, has a video up about uh, that is very interesting where he talks and shoots video of the very rare Commodore Amiga CD1200. Did you look at this video at all? I did see this. Um <coughs> Uh, it was quite a uh, unveiling, and it was at a. Uh, I actually a, don't see that on. Yeah, the it's right there. It is. is. Okay. Uh, it's got our other good buddy in it too. Now you'll have it, right? Uh, no, Ra- well, we actually Ravi is part of the story, right? Um, but uh, uh, this was a rare prototype. I believe they said there were like four or five ever made, mm. and it was effectively. Uh, it looks like if uh, uh, if you took an Amiga CD32 and chopped off. The non-CD part and just turned it white, and it, it would attach in the uh, in the uh, belly port in a belly slot with a, some sort of connector, and it was it would effectively make your Amiga 1200 into a CD32. You know, my favorite part of the oh, and then it goes. My favorite part of the system is the fact that they went with like a really bright white. Yeah, uh, it's not. It looks it looks like something that came down from heaven. Yeah, you know what it's, I'm saying? it's no longer the boring beige computer color. It's this really white, like ivory white piano glossy surface. It's and of great. course, they've got the president, the former president of Amiga, here to to uh, demonst- talk about it and demonstrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of a fellow that's been on our show. Yeah, Mr. And, Pleasance. Uh, Mr. Pleasance, and he's he is gussied up for the event and his faded. I don't know what that is. 64, maybe that's a C64 jersey. Maybe. Might be, might be. Team but uh, that's a, I recommend that you watch Dan's video. Uh, Dan of the Retro Hour. It's great, great stuff. And uh, very interesting. I mean, they really get down to the nitty gritty of where this thing, and they're working or they're talking about um, starting some sort of fund, you know, be it Kickstarter or whatnot, to actually produce these. Uh, and, I thought that was interesting, considering they don't know if this one even works. <laughs> they don't have. They don't know how it hooks in. Right. So I'm assuming that there's more. They must have. There's more to the story. Yeah, I would say so. Because uh, as far as I know, this one's never been hooked up. Right. Uh, to anything. I mean, since they found it, uh, and the door is stuck on it too, and they're afraid to fool with it, which yeah. you would be, yeah. you know. But still, it's a really neat story. Uh, I love cool. that stuff. Very you know, cool. Thanks really to cool. the retro hour guys. Yeah. Coming yeah. Good again. job. Um, Chris folds. Chris folds. Off contributor. An amigo favorite. Uh, he's put down a bunch of stories this week, and uh, here's one here: a teaser for a new game. 
It's called, um, let's see here. It's the one that says Alarcy, that's it, Plexiglass. Um, that's it. So, what's the name of this thing, Boat? This is, is called this Dream of Rowan. The now, Dream we, of Rowan. We mentioned this a few day, a few shows ago, but we did not have video to go to back it up. So, uh, and I believe this thing is starting to uh, accept uh, pre-orders as well. So, boy, it looks. We're looking at it now, and it, that's well, you a know Shadow what that, of the yeah, Beast. I was going to say Shadow of the Beast. It looks like the cabin from Shadow of the Beast, mm-hmm. where that thing comes out and rips the roof yeah, off and steals yeah. the baby. Uh, but. Uh, um, you know, and as Chris mentions here, uh, we are in a golden age of homebrew, and he's right. This is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I, normally we don't cover stuff that's in beta. I usually wait till it's actually till it's been released. Uh, but man, I see so much stuff that's in the pike. It's very exciting. It is. You know, we were just talking how lucky we are to have come around when it was really moving, mm-hmm. and we talked about it with some of the brain trusts. Because it hasn't always been this way. There were a decade or more where nothing happened really of any consequence. And now here we are. We got new hardware. We got new software coming out. We got people doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It's it's very exciting. Um, let me see here. Um, this from any retro news. There's a, a new Christmas game that's come out. It will absorb only three minutes of your time. <laughs> we're gonna have to play this. Yeah, on the, it's uh... on the list. It's a, uh, I believe it, what this is called, uh, Mary, Mary Amiga, Amiga Christmas. Christmas, and you are, I think you're Santa, and you are uh, going around your sled, and you're avoiding snowballs, something. It looks, <laughs> it looks actually, it's kind of cute. Yeah, yeah. You know. I like the backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's free. Fun little Christmas play. I like the fact that this is a long play that Boat found. Right. It's a long play. Two it's minutes, two and, minutes 16. and 16 seconds. <laughs> so that, that's kind of neat. Um Next on the docket, I didn't even look into this. This one popped up. This is from Adam Bradley. I have to look into this thing. There are details that have been released on the Amiga One laptop kit. Mm. Have you seen this? No. Um. So, <laughs> Amiga One laptop. It. I, I mean, I, it seems doable. That kit looks. Ooh, boy, it looks hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of boards. Looks being... like there's an Amiga. Looks like there's a. Uh, hey, so this is the 3D printer that I will be using to build that DIY together. laptop. Still, I mean, obviously they're in the prototype stage, <laughs> right. but uh, you know, hey, Amiga laptop, there it is, the dream, right? It says the motherboard will cost between four and five hundred euros. Mm. So this is going to be a, another pricey piece of contemporary Amiga hardware. If you're gonna if you're gonna play uh, in that modern Amiga. Pool, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta pony up. It's the expensive to get into, that's for sure. Um, there are new. This is from Chris Folds again. There are new uh, Commodore Amiga 500 cases in development. You know, it's funny. We, uh, I've been remastering the old episodes. Yeah, uh, and it's pretty much for the first 50 episodes. We talk about the freaking Commodore case kit or the the Amiga case kit or the keycaps. It's, it's a perennial favorite on the Amigas. You, we've got so. it. If we've got the cases covered. Well, I mean, we, we usually talk about 1200 uh, cases. Mm-hmm. So these are 500 cases, which right. is good. They, they, we, God knows we need those. We know that. Yeah. It doesn't look like there is a, um, doesn't look like there's a, a, a link here. There's a Kickstarter thing, but 
it doesn't have anything. I was just curious what the price on those, the, the 500 case, because I know that we paid 40 bucks for the new, just the top, or no, it was a new full case for the, the 500. I wonder if they're going to be able to um, outsell or undercut the new old stock for these cases that you can get from a lot of places. I'll tell you, if, you, if it, the difference is it too much, you got to go with the new one. Those old ones are probably, are brittle, as yeah. we know. Yeah. You know, it's funny, speaking of me, it's 500 cases. I just thought this, I was listening to one of your old remastered shows. This, I don't remember if it was our first or second episode, but you thought that the Amiga 500s had a LCD uh, display in them. I did. I did. <laughs> I heard I was... that I laughed my butt off. I was like, oh, man. That was way back. Oh, yeah. You, were, you had literally no Amiga knowledge all your No, I mean, the, I remember the first game, and I was like, this is for... This is what is ECS OCS? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> no. And so I was a true. You've come a long way yeah, since those days, yeah. eh? So next on the docket, and this is as, as timely as today's headlines. But what's the date right now? Today is December eighth. Okay. Well, guess what? Starting tomorrow, if you're in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, you can go to the World of Commodore 2017. Ooh. Uh, Saturday, December 9th through Sunday, and uh, it is at the uh, Admiral Inn in Toronto, Ontario. Sounds tickets, like a nice place. Tickets are 15 buckaroo dues. Uh, these are always gold. I've seen video from them. There's going to be a lot of... It's good to see the hosers taking care of business up there. French Canadian hosers. That's know Toronto is not French Canadian. That's Quebec. Uh, but, uh, uh, hey, I wish I was somewhere near... <laughs> The world of Camp right, Commodore. Right. We're not even. We're not in the solar system of Commodore, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, uh, so if you're up in Canada or feel like a road trip, that's where you want to go. So that that should be good stuff. Another little item. I put this one up because I caught my eye. Um, the uh, there's a fellow that is doing some Amiga BBS door game programming. And now, you're you, going to have to explain this to me because I don't know what a door game is. Well, in the old days, when you used to use the old BBSs, you could go into a, a game section, mm-hmm. and they called them door games. Because basically, uh, you would it, you would go into the program would run separately of the BBS, and you'd be playing it on your on your side of the BBS. The, the games I remember fondly were uh, there was a game called Trade Wars. Which I played. Oh, okay. I played that on my calculator. Correct. Yeah. On the TI-85. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's all text. Oh, right, right. And uh, um, there were some other ones. I remember there's a wrestling game I used to play. There were a bunch. Solar Realms was another one we used to so play. So these are all text-based games, That's right? correct. Okay. okay. And, uh, and I, sure enough, I got on here, and they're ready to go. You could log on this BBS from your browser. and. Uh, you know what we should do just as a special Amigos play sometime? We should play one of these door games. Mm. I'd have a lot of fun with you. That's a good that. idea, dude. Yeah. But uh, hey... I'm always down with BBS action, especially when the Amiga's involved. So there's a link there. Now, this stuff's all on the Google Plus page uh, if you want to check it out. Now, this is one. This is the story of the week, I think. Uh, and this has been covered a few places. Um, there's a, uh, a couple shows ago, we talked about uh, a video that I dug up of NASA talking about using the Amiga for actual nasa programs mm. you know uh space program stuff satellites and the early uh you know early uh, uh exploratory stuff well they had a stash of amigas and they kept them running all the way up until like the 90s which is that's stunning yeah. you think about it and i think even in the early 2000s certainly through the 90s one of these uh, nasa amigas has came up on Facebook. You should click to see if it actually, the, the bidding should be over. By Facebook, you mean eBay. I mean eBay, excuse me. I don't know when, the, is that, so is it still up, is it still ongoing? Uh, it looks like, there. well, this is a buy it now auction, 
And uh, it looks like that they, they want 6700 Canadian dollars or 5218 U.S. dollars. I wonder how they got up into Canada, boat. That's a crazy one. I don't know. Someone got real lucky. It's the Amiga 2500. But what's neat about it is it's still got NASA crap on the hard drive. They say it. It's like, yeah, it's got stickers all over it that say yeah. property of NASA. Yeah, that's you really know? cool. And, I mean, it looks beat down, but, I mean, it, this thing has worked hard. It's been pieced back together, you know, so... If you've got a boy, if I was a museum or something, I'd be all over this. Yeah, you know, and yeah. there's no telling, or someone that's really the NASA memorabilia and and in, in the Amiga, but this has got made all the rounds. It's still available, you know. So if a if a fine Amigos listener wants to go up and 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 lay out some Canadian dollars, this could be yours. You could take this back to the house, and if you do, let us know what's on the hard drive because I'd be interested to know. Now, what they've got on there. Now, here's... But why don't you tell us about this one you put up here, the time capsule one. Oh, so this is not strictly Amigo-related, but I thought these pictures were gold. And uh, I wish that my my family would have been this photogenic around computers. So this is one one guy's family, um, Benj Edwards. Um, and basically, they're, all, the history of their computers collection, you know, growing up. So the first one is a picture of his dad typing away on an Apple II. looks like an Apple IIc. Um, and uh, then you've got an Atari, Atari 800 there. Yep. That looks um, just like mine. Yep, yep. And uh, looks like uh, this is this is him. And the Little fella using a mouse. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's see. Then it moves up into his PC days. Yeah, there's a kid. He's playing. That looks like a big old-fashioned clone or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah 8088 something. And then uh, then he's got the closest he gets to the Amiga is an Atari 1040 <laughs> STF, which I don't know what the F stands for. Failed. Yeah, yeah they failed. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> all, all the way up into, you know, getting into Macs and stuff like that. So I just think it's awesome that this guy has so many pictures. I would love to have this many pictures of all the computers. I just never thought about taking yeah, pictures no one, of stuff like that. It's funny. We're probably the, some of the last generation that's not going to have pictures of everything they did for their entire childhood. Because yeah. now... You got a camera with you at all times. I'm taking pictures of Luke at the park, mm -hmm. and you know you can go back and see what I was up to and what days. You know, but in the old days, yeah, I'm like you. Pictures were a precious thing, right? And videotape, forget about it. Mm -hmm. I've got some old home movies, and these things are like gold because then you know that's all the only video we have of these people that are long dead. So yeah, yeah. but that was that was a real good one. But I I, I looked at that myself, and I thought it was neat. Um, another one from Chris Folds. Uh, this is a uh, uh, from the BBC archive. And this is a, uh, I think this is video from a, a from a show. Yeah. I get to, did you look at yeah, this one? Yeah, I looked at this. So this is uh, a show called Micro uh, Micro Live, and this is this is uh, thank very, you, Mac. Uh, very yes. easy. Wimp uh, actually they, they, is know, an easy shows, way of using a computer without these presenters and they would talk about various things and incantations. Going on. And in fact, for a lot really of uses, you can forget about the keyboard altogether. WIMP stands for Windows Icons. And now it's not even working. But anyway, um, the uh, it's it's just it's funny because the presenter is talking about the mouse. And of course, this is 85. And he's yeah. like, now watch this. As I move the mouse, the cursor moves on screen. And the guy's like, that's outstanding. And so well, the thing is, I'm telling you, I know exactly how he feels because it, I mean, the first time I saw what I was like, what in the heck? How does this work? Mm -hmm. It was amazing, you know? It seems so stupid now. I mean, it may, and you sound like an idiot, but I mean, it's, I understand. I was there it, and it, it was quite astounding to see one work, you yeah. know, and now you don't even think about it and you use them all the time. But I mean, I remember computers before the mouse. I mean, if you had a PC, 
You didn't need a mouse. I never had a mouse till Windows 3.11 came mm-hmm. out. No one ever used one. So right. you know, go figure. Um, uh, oh, Folds also has a little note on here that, that the Dream of Rowan has, in fact, gone up for pre. Uh, uh, they opened out uh, open for pre-orders, and it, apparently it's coming out on Christmas. So if you're into that thing, you got to go. Now uh, let's go ahead and do site updates real quick. Okay. Um, well, why don't you go ahead and take that before before we go on with uh, the site updates? Before we forget, because I know we will, we need to give a little plug to our upcoming Amigos Christmas Spectacular. Oh yes, tell us about this Christmas so spectacular. So this is going to be this is T minus two Amigos episodes away. So we're going to have next week, which will be a normal episode. Oh, and, it'll be slightly abnormal given well, the game we're that's covering. True. <laughs> but uh, but two weeks from two weeks from tonight, December twenty second, on a cold and frosty evening. Oh yes, nestled into the Amigo Studios basement, there will be me and you. <laughs> I don't like where this is going, but <laughs> possibly, possibly your brother. There's a lot of booze down here. I don't know. Uh, John Marshall will be here. Uh, we're going to do uh, a big John. Yeah, big John. We're going to do a uh, we're going to do a special Christmas episode. Uh, make sure you watch live. There's going to be giveaways. Uh, there's going to be food. Unfortunately, we can't give that away. I will um, eat for you. Yeah. Um, and then after the episode, uh, we are going to do a special Amiga stream um, where we will stream a bunch of Christmas games similar to last year's Christmas episode and whatever else we think about playing. Uh, we're all, I'm also going to see if we can fire up Amiga Live and maybe challenge some of our uh, listeners in, uh, you know, in some some multiplayer action remember we were going to try that before and we just forgot yeah i think it was that due was to, exactly due to what drinking. happened yeah <laughs> i mean literally because i mean i remember thinking like a week later it's like oh yeah yeah this time i, I this time um I, I might not hit the sauce quite so hard as i did of course i say that now i'll probably be with save the, that lamp, for the lamp, lampshade on the head save that for the uh, amiga's new year's eve spectacular that's true which, will be, which is also coming 29. up yeah that reminds me uh the Amigos New Year's Eve show, which actually is not going to be on New Year's Eve, but it'll be the 29th, mm-hmm. right? Um, we are going to do our best uh, Kreskins. Are going to do. We're going to. People our, have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, we're going to do our. We're going to do our best uh, mentalist maneuver. We're going to be. We're going to predict the future, gypsy style, genie style, however, whoever, you, whoever your favorite <laughs> prognosticator is. And so, what we'd like for you. Uh, the listeners is, and th- I mean, this is going to be as easy as pie. So I'm hoping we get a lot of entries. Is we want you to make your Amiga predictions for 2018, and what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game. You put down your, and it can be gaming predictions. It could be we'd like Amiga predictions, but we'll take gaming predictions. Or sort of wacky predictions, nothing depressing, not, no deaths, seeing that stuff, nothing morbid. Make your predictions, send them in, just send us a little email, and Bo will give you the address in a minute. And then in 2018's New Year's, we're going to read these off. We're going to read them on the show this mm-hmm. year, and then next year we're going to read them again. And the ones that came close, we're going to have a goodie. That's right. That's right. So please send all of your predictions to amigos at amigospodcast.com, and they will be read with much hilarity on the New Year's Eve Probably show. in the subject line, put something like predictions. We get no email to that address. I'll figure it out. Okay, yeah, he'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> any predictions you've got within the realm of good taste, right? Uh, and But, like, any Amiga stuff, I mean... Is there going to be an Amiga laptop coming or out next year? Is there, there going to be, be a, a, a mini Amiga like the mini NES? And right, Super right. 
you know, anything you can think of that's, or like I said, I'm, we're pretty easy. Amiga, great. Atari, you know, uh, Nintendo, it doesn't matter. Whatever you got, or just predictions in general that are wacky, we'll take pretty much anything. And we'll read them on the show. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. That's right. I can't wait. I can't wait. There's lots of fun. I, these next couple weeks are going to be great mm -hmm. because neither one of us, we're taking some time off work. And uh, and we'll just be living free and easy, living oh, the man. Amiga life. Living free and easy, that's right. <laughs> Going commando. That's right. All nude. <laughs> All nude Amiga. <laughs> well, there goes that. Okay, Aaron, it's time to talk about the side updates this week. Go ahead. Do you want me to take I need the... you to do it because i got to steer the computer. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, lazy, lazy. I okay, well, let's just start off with the big one. We're going to work our way back down. Okay. Today, just hours ago, just went to press, the brand new issue of Kickstart, the official magazine of the Amigos, has been has dropped, and Neil has added again. Uh, this looks like a good issue. I haven't got to look at it because it just dropped. It's got stuff here on Outrun. It's got stuff here on uh, Hunter. He's got he's got level maps for Hunter. We got to get those right because we're going to do Hunter at some point. Um, he's got he's got articles in here from Dreamcatcher and um, our Amigo Chris Fold. He's got. Um, uh, a bunch of crazy charts and all the things he always has. I'm going to give you a quick a, a quick quiz on the charts. Oh, jeez. Okay. okay, we're right out of the gate. Okay, okay. go ahead. I'm going to I'm going to tell you the name of the song, mm -hmm. and you're going to tell me the artist. Okay, so this oh. was number one in the UK in April 1992. Okay. Okay. Yes. This is 92. The name of the song is Deeply Dippy. Deeply Dippy. Uh, you know, I don't know. Who is it? Right said Fred. Oh, geez. he was not a one-hit wonder wow. in the UK. He probably had twenty-seven albums. Right said Fred should be a, a one-hit wonder, as in hit by a bus or <laughs> boat or whatever you prefer. Now, um, what was that called again? Deeply Dippy. You know, I knew a girl named Dippy. I named her that because I, that, <laughs> I wish I'd known that song existed. I would have been playing that all the time. Okay, now I'm going to ask you one more question. This was the U.S. This is the U.S. charts. All right. Okay. And uh, I'm going to, what is the, the number one song, the name of the song is Jump. Jump? Yep. Now, it's not what you immediately will think it is. It's the other jump. Well, there's there's two of them. Right. This is 92. Right. So, uh, Van Halen Jump came out in 84. That was the one you were thinking so of. What's the, the other one? Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters? Yeah. Jump for my love. Jump. The Pointer Sisters are going to make um, you jump, jump. Oh, oh, this is crisscross. Crisscross. That's right. You didn't right. say jump, jump. You said jump. Well, jump is the name of the song. Well, there's three then. Three jump songs. I don't consider the Pointer Sisters to be in the room. That was a big hit. Although 92, I thought that was a little late. <laughs> I hated crisscross too. <laughs> I still hear that song though. Oh, so, yeah. You know, yeah. but remember their thing was they wore their clothes backwards. That right? was their thing. What a stupid thing. You know, when you're 11, like I was in 92, it wasn't stupid. Did you ever at all. do that, boat? Oh, yeah. You're, you've got to be kidding I me. did. I did attempt to put on a pair of pants backwards. <laughs> it didn't did, did well. So you did, this one, you did this one time in your own private <laughs> yes, room. And I, so everyone in the world knows this now. That's true. This that's is true. a first time seeing And I might have sung the song Jump, Jump. As were I was you jumping it. while you were doing it? No, it was it? while I was trying to fasten the zipper. I was jumping. <laughs> Uh, that's why there were two of them. They could help each other out. That's true. You know, you need help when you put your clothes on backwards. Absolutely. You ever put the old sweater vest on backwards? And oh, I do that almost every morning. Really? And then I, I have to wait for Eve to tell me. Can you put it on it backwards? Yeah, it's got a V front. Oh, I see. I thought maybe the back was you know a daring V neckline in the back too. Ooh, that would be uh, sexy. Too yeah. sexy for this show. That's for sure. So one more music question. 
What was the name of Joe Public's song? I know Joe, you know that. I know Joe you. I know Public. you know this song. I don't. Know. I didn't know that. I don't know who Joe Public's name. I don't know who that is. You got to live and love. Nope, you I got, got nothing. To live and Man, they used to play at the skate arena all the time. Listen, in '92. I was knee deep in the hoopla. I didn't have time for these crazy. <laughs> you weren't hanging out at the skate arena in '92. No, 92? man, I was. I was working for a living. That's when I started working on Bobby M. Oh, okay, okay. Well, anyway, what are we kickstart? Okay, it's awesome. Yes, Neil's See, those... the man. He's hanging out in the chat right now with us. Neil, oh, is he? Thank you for uh, putting that together. Uh, and, he works um, hard. This for the is, non-money. This is going to be the last fully Amiga uh, issue of Kickstarter. Starting with the next episode or the next issue, Neil is expanding and it will become a more multi-platform. Sweet. Affair. So hey. I can't. I can't wait to see what he comes. Sounds up good. With. I, I, I love everything Neil's done, and I, that's a, probably a good move. I, I like it. I think yeah, it's great. Yeah. So good for good for him. Uh, moving down the line here, um, let's roll down to Dreamcatch. I don't know if you watched this. Did you watch this? Um, Dreamcatch's first video. <laughs> I did see this. <laughs> this is this is the this is the chaotic, wackiest thing I've ever saw. It was a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. But I enjoyed it. I'll, anything that's got top cat right at the, <laughs> right at the, the right at the head, right on the gate. So I think we see a new a new career for for DK. He's going. Oh, you gonna play a little snippet of it here? So I'll play. I'll play just a little there bit. tonight. Oh Lord. Yeah. And I've his, been uh, waiting for this woman. moment for all my life. So oh, yeah, Lord. this was good stuff. Can yeah. you By the way, we should try that Beverly Hills Cop here, yeah, as, as yeah. A, which is featured heavily in the video here. So yeah, dream catch up. But he's, he's teasing a new feature, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what what is coming. And while we're thinking about it, we should once again plug his extremely awesome free. Super huge, like uh, encyclopedic uh, collection of right. his works. And so, if you go to the Everything Amiga site and then go to the article that says it's beginning to look like, like Christmas, and scroll to the link, which is Dreamcatch. You got to make that link easier to find. <laughs> it's at the bottom, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay, and uh, and, and download that. Twenty-one fine folks have already downloaded the um, Dreamcatch Tome. And uh, it is a compilation of all of the just amazing work that he's done for the Amigos. Oh, yeah. It's definitely publisher quality stuff. Yeah, I yeah. keep being afraid someone's going to steal them away from us. because he's, he's. I wouldn't be surprised if Retro Gamer didn't come knocking oh, sooner yeah. than later. Oh, yeah. He, his stuff is, is top shelf. But uh, and, and also, if you uh, when you pull this down, it's free. If you want to make a donation uh, to, his, to the charity that he's yeah. mentioned here, make which is a Make a Wish, which we yeah. did some work for them. Um, always a plus. Yeah, yeah. He's got a Just Giving page <laughs> set up, and uh, he has raised uh, £8.79 so far. So, uh, DK, you're well on your way to making a lot of kids' bright days brighter. Which I haven't even gotten to download this yet, and this is going to be the number one thing I do this weekend because I'm going to be taking this with me when I go to see Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> this will be my Krampus read when I'm now, done here. Now, um, you might want to explain to the listeners what Krampus is. They know, because he's know. bigger in Europe than he is here. Well, you might want to explain to me, because I don't know. You don't know what Krampus is? All I know is you've been, you, you've been posting a lot of wacky pictures to Facebook. What are you recently. talking about? What are you, what's that supposed to mean? They're not the wacky. They're completely normal. Okay. Krampus is the... Uh, Krampus is this... Uh, um, He's sort of like the anti-Santa Claus. Santa mm. Claus rewards you for your good behavior. Mm -hmm. Krampus takes you 
stuffs you in his sack, and takes you to the netherworld for your bad behavior. <laughs> okay. He doesn't screw around, That's this guy. True. So look him up, Bo. So where, where, when you go to see Krampus, where do you go to see him? We'll be going to an art studio, believe it or not. We're going to get a picture taken with him, a, a very tasteful picture, I'm sure. Of us, and this is that. There's two styles of the of your Krampus. You got your kind of cutesy, you know, sweet but evil style Krampus, Krampus next door. That's right. And then you've got your straight up like nightmare fuel, and this is the nightmare fuel uh, version. So Luke will not be in attendance. Luke is going to be there, and so we keep telling him if he doesn't mind today. We were at the store. If you don't mind, leave me with Krampus. No, we don't have to leave him. He'll he'll grab him, put him oh. right in the sack, and he's gone. There you, know? you go. There you go. What other site updates do we have, Aaron? Is that it? I think for that's this week? it. I think we hit the pay window there. All right. Well, we should probably. We, now I know we did have some action on our YouTube channel. Uh, oh, geez, yeah. This week, um, you went crazy. Well, I, you know, I continue to uh, put out. Amaze yourself, sorry. <laughs> re- re- remastered episodes. Yes. Things like that. Um, You're remastering the audio is much better. Well, thank you, you. I don't know how you do it. I've learned a little bit in the past 123 episodes. <laughs> um, but uh, I've got a new uh, episode in Struggling Through Star Tropics. This is part three. Uh, so you can continue to watch me die repeatedly. I haven't watched those yet because I don't want to ruin it for me. Well. And we also put out an Amigos Plays of Samurai Showdown played on an authentic 3DO. Yeah, man. And so. Uh, we like him. That's this is we we okay. did this one. Gosh, it's been a while back. I always yeah. this guy. But uh, the it was pretty fun. Yeah, I yeah. like Samurai Showdown. Good game. Samurai Showdown's great. All right, and that's it for the <laughs> uh, the side updates, the news. It's time, Aaron, to dive right into Amigos Game of the Week. So, Double Dragon, the Double Dragon trilogy. Now, we got the idea for this when we sat down and played all of these one day. <laughs> we were like, "Yeah, hey, we should do a show on these." And so here we go. And I didn't realize there was so much crazy stuff to know about Double Dragon. There's a lot of juicy tidbits on it. I can't wait to hear. So, uh, we're going to just start at the beginning. Double Dragon. Uh, this was released. Uh, I, ha- I got differing uh, release dates on this. Somewhere between late 88 and early 1989. The original Double Dragon came out on the Amiga. Uh, it was put out by an outfit called Binary Design. Uh, they did also Double Dragon 2. They did Shinobi. They did Speedboat. They did the Assassins. They did Assassin and Assassins. They did Steve Davis Snooker. Or Ooh, Snooka. That's the... So, uh, Steve Davis was the other one of the other guys, that, that contemporaries of Snooker. Now, we haven't tried this Snooker game because I didn't know it existed. So, that, might be time to go back to the Snooker table. I need to go back. I need to watch some more of those old YouTube videos. Yeah, those, those I still watch those. They're great. <laughs> and I'll, But anyway, we're going to get off topic here. So, um, so uh, this had two-player support. That's a plus because I don't think every... I don't know if all the home ports of this had two people. I think it... The, the, uh, two players simultaneous, no. That's right. I think there was yeah. the NES had one player. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, time. see, look, I, re- I retained something. Mm-hmm. Um, this came out uh, and uh, on everything. I mean, everything. All these came out, a lot of stuff. The Amstrad, C64s, the Ataris, all the Atari machines, including the handhelds, the ST... Uh, the Game Boy. There was even a Tiger handheld <laughs> version of this game, the old LCD yeah, game. So. Man, it was a. There's a DOS version, which I, there's a DOS booter version, a Game Gear, Master System, uh, the Genesis Mega Drive, ZX Spectrum. The Tandy had an, a, 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 an enhanced version with the Tandy graphics. I remember that 16 color. So anyone could play them some Double Dragon. Um, this was based, of course, on the Double Dragon release in the arcade. Uh, from Technos, uh, again, they did WWF 
superstars, one of my favorites in the WWF, uh, WWF WrestleFest. So let's explain what Double Dragon is for the few people that don't know. Uh, you play a uh, street tough whose girlfriend has been abducted. And by the way, I'm not going to go into the long, uh, involved storyline of the Double Dragon games because believe it or not, there is one. Uh, and instead of just, I mean, here's the way I always thought it was. A big, mean guy, you know, he beat up your girlfriend and took her out. Mm -hmm. And so now you and your buddy have got to go get her back. Right. That's really all you need to know. But there's a shadow... Uh, shadow a, boss. It's a shadow, shadow like thing going on. There's a big organization mm -hmm. and a big bunch of you know hooey, but yeah, you're going to get your girlfriend back, right? None of it's really germane to the story. No. You're, you're moving. No. You're, you're beating a lot of guys up. Yeah, that's that's the truth. So, <coughs> um, the uh, the game you go through different. Uh, you go through different. Start out in the streets. And you go through different scenarios to uh, try to rescue your girlfriend. Uh, as you go through, these guys attack you. Women attack you. Big bosses attack you, and you and you have. If you're playing by yourself or with a partner, you have the choice of going bare fisted, or you could actually pick up the weapons they drop. They drop stuff like whips, daggers, uh, ball Baseball bats, mm -hmm. you know. And you can grab this stuff or barrels. You could occasionally pick up a barrel and wail it and throw it on somebody or run them over with it, you know. So, and this was pretty. This was pretty. Uh, unique when it came out mm -hmm. like i don't remember a game we talked this a couple weeks ago i don't remember a game like this before this this might have been one if if not the first one of the very very first side scrolling beat em up games yeah uh the the guy the fellas you play are named billy and jimmy lee which i don't think that's ever mentioned in this game but through some of the probably other games in the, probably in the in the instruction and I, I i famously remember i think it was the nes version there there uh Bimmy and Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Grew up on there. Um, so me and Bo, when we played this through, I think the first thing that struck me, well, there were two things that struck me. One, the, the unique, awesome arcade music, was, which features when you boot it up, instantly stops, and you, there is no music. Right. Uh, and we didn't like that. There, there are a lot of sound effects, a lot of, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right out of Top Banana in that regard. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It's it was it is uh, the sound effects are goofy, but no, I mean without a double drag without music, and this is a, this seems to be a continuing thing, is no good. Yeah, you need the music in there. And then yeah. secondly, tell everyone you thought about the graphics on this. And keep in mind that this came out in you know after many other games that were very attractive, including I believe this game was released after Double Dragon Two in the arcades. Oh yeah, um, so th this. This game is a just the backgrounds are passable. The character sprites are a hot mess. Uh, most everything is a palette swap. Billy and Jimmy are palette swaps of each other. The most of the the flunkies are all also Billy and Jimmy, just different palette swaps. Yeah, palette swap is their friend. Yeah, in this one. yeah. The, the the graphics, the character sprites bear absolutely no resemblance to the arcade game. Um, it's it's not even close. The big guy, I think, is the closest. Yeah, they a Bobo, and, yeah. He, and, he, and he's he's just he's also just a pixeled mess. Um, so <laughs> between the game having no music, the controls, I mean, the controls are okay for what they are. Yeah, they're, they're um, okay. But it's any time that you have to jump, it's a nightmare. 
I mean, it's really, really hard to jump. Yeah, the controls, That's the, it's the Achilles heel, once mm-hmm. again, stretched up. Uh, I mean, after a while, I could do it to, with some regularity, but it was it was weird. Um, I will say, overall, I thought this game was playable. And as I recall, we did real well at it. I've been playing this a lot this week, and I don't think I did as well as when me and you play. I think it's easier with two people. Mm-hmm. But you get to a point near the end where you're near the, the big boss's lair, and the traps in front of this thing are these uh, spears that come down from these statues. It is one of the hardest. I mean, I, I, it was brutal. We'd never gotten past it. And we had, like, almost all of our lives when we got there. And this is uh, something I've read about from other people. That's mm-hmm. not just not just a we stink. It's yeah. really still it's ridiculous. Almost kind of a programming error where they didn't make it possible for you to proceed. So. It's funny you should mention this. This game was mostly programmed by a guy named Richard Applin. And so I looked up some, just I was trying to find some background on this. And sure enough, our buddies over at Retro Asylum had actually interviewed this fellow. And he had some interesting tidbits in his interview. Uh, for one, he, he freely admits that uh, he didn't like the arcade games Double Dragon, Double Dragon 2, or Final Fight, which he did all three of those, by the way. He's the same guy that did Final Fight. So he, he didn't much care for the originals. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, he, thought the, he thought it was boring. He also... Uh, he, he also, they asked him, like, what happened on Double Dragon? Because it was so crummy, you know, effectively. And what happened was, it was a rush job. And he had been brought in. He didn't even work at the place that was making it. But one of the lead programmer, I guess, quit mm. during the production of this. And they brought him in to finish someone else's code. Wow. So this might explain explain a lot of what was, of what was going on. Uh, he was working for Mastertronic at the time. And uh, that, like I said, they 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 uh, had him come up to Manchester to work with the binary design team, and he and he worked there for about a month. And it was a situation where basically say that where they said, "Listen, this is when you're going to have this done, uh, or you're all fired." <laughs> and so, and so people were freaking out, as you can imagine. And so this was a pretty much a straight port. He said he ported most of the code straight over from the Atari ST, which even on the ST, this would be not good. Uh, but he was in such a hurry to get it done, not by. And again, this is one of those situations where you can't blame him. You know, he he actually saved the pro, the project, uh, but uh, and got it out on time. But you can see the uh, the result was a subpar port. Yes, you know. Yes. Uh, something else I want to mention <laughs> is that uh, when you grab a guy to do the patented double dragon knee lift. Mm-hmm. The graphic is is no good. It is absurdly <laughs> obscene. I guess is the only way to describe it. <laughs> I uh, the first time I did it, I was appalled. And I was like, "Oh my!" So yeah, that doesn't make it more fun either. I mean, in the, in the arcade version, that knee lift looks devastating and brutal. Not so much in this. It looks it looks not good. Uh, so <coughs> overall, uh, I would give this. Uh, you know, this was not my favorite of the three. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so. Any parting thoughts for this one? Now, are we going to do, um, just just so I know, are we going to do the eBay at the and end? Yeah, we're still all, at the all end. three. Okay. Yeah, it makes it easier. Okay, moving on to the Double Dragon 2. So then. I would give this one, a, a, I'd say, a, a mediocre in uh, terms yeah. of Amiga scrolling beat em ups. Yeah, this but, is. But I mean, this, this still does still give you the freedom that I like from the arcade. You can go up ladders and jump off stuff and do weird stuff. You can get the bad guys to commit suicide. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's always the fun stuff. So let's move on to Double Dragon 2. <coughs> now, Double Dragon 2 came out in 89. Same developer, uh, binary design. In fact, the exact same programmer, Richard Applin. Um, this one also had supported two-player support. 
Uh, this one came out on just about all the same stuff. Uh, in fact, almost exact. I'm not going to bother reading this stuff again. It's pretty much the same stuff. It's based on the 1988 uh, Technos coin op of the same name. Now, this was called Double Dragon 2 The Revenge. Mm -hmm. So, now, do you remember this in the arcade, Bo? Because you used to own this game. I never played this in the arcade, but like you said, <laughs> this, this was the first arcade machine that I ever owned. So. You never played this at when you owned it? No, I mean, I never played it in an I mean, arcade. when you owned it here, you did play yeah, it. Yeah, of course well, I played so it. So, tell them what your thoughts about the arcade game are. So, this game is, I consider it to be the high watermark in the series. Uh, the graphics are improved in both the Amiga and the arcade versions. Uh, you have a wider variety of moves that you can perform. Um, I thought the sound was great. Um, there is a the, the game's difficulty does really ramp up a lot on the last level, but that's typical of quarter suckers. You know, they really want you to pour all your quarters in. Since you've you've already come this far deep to the last stage, you're like, well, what's another ten bucks in quarters just to see the end? Um, but uh, I, I really like Double Dragon 2. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said for the most part. Uh, the uh, the funny thing about this game was, unfortunately, even this game, which I think, again, is probably the best of the three, um, was botched on release. Uh, Apple had found out after he released it that this thing would, due to a programming error, would fail on certain Amigas. And uh, so they had to basically go back and re-release uh, um, they had to re-release it with an updated version, which is pretty rare back in those days. And the funny thing is, the uh, from from what I read, the pirate version they never bothered to re-release it. So this is one of those wacky games where the pirate version often doesn't work because it's still got the bug in it. And the and they say they recommend the WHD version to to that way you're you're guaranteed that it's going to work. But I thought that was kind of a thought that was sort of wacky. Um, Double Dragon 2, again, the same guy did it, and he mentions that he had more, this is from the same interview, he had more time to work on this one, uh, and he tried to implicate, in, implement more Amiga uh, usage of, of the unique, you know, tools that make an Amiga, uh, but, and so he, and so that explains why it's a little bit, it looks considerably better, we can both agree on that, it sounds good, uh, it's got the cool title screen and stuff, it's, it, the, the soundtrack is cool, cooler uh it's sort of the you know you've got the choice between in-game music or not having in-game music which <clears throat> why you would not want to have in-game music is yeah uh, I, I agree with you um they asked him on retro asylum why he didn't impl the implement the knee in this one which he said he didn't know he couldn't remember why i i, I think i would have not have done it after i'd seen the first knee <laughs> you know but i thought that was kind of that was kind of wacky um so in this one you have to go and run down uh, the gang who had this time they didn't steal your girlfriend and in the arcade they show this they shot her yeah <laughs> and it, killed her. in the arcade version uh hood just shows up out of nowhere pulls out a machine gun and guns down your girlfriend right in front of you it is one of the more brutal things i remember seeing in the arcade i yeah. will say the first one they come up they punch her in the gut yeah which is also brutal that is you yeah. know i remember thinking dang that was i mean keep in mind this was the early or the late 80s but I mean, still, I thought, man, they just hit that girl in the gut. Well, to see her get shot is—I mean, they're—they're they're getting revenge. Yeah. You know? So uh, you've got a lot more—you've uh, um, got a lot more anger, I guess, in this one than you did in the first one, I guess. But roughly, I mean, it's basically the same basic bear. You're going down the down, you know, going down the screens. You're fighting these guys. Now, this one does a lot of things that the other one didn't do in terms of the bad guys. Well, some good and some bad. Both these games use the same. Um, swapped out color palettes bad guys 
to a fault. I mean, they use them over and over. And, you like, I mean, right when you start out the game, on the very first level, these bearded eye patch guys cartwheel out to fight you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, which is cool. You're like, oh, look at that. They did cartwheels. But you fight these guys, hundreds of them. And then the next level, you know, you fight the same basic type of guys over and over and over. I mean, there is very little uh, change, which, I mean, the arcade's, you know, very similar. But this is the way it was done back in those days. But, I mean, I mean, they should have made just more than one or two guys. I mean, you know. Not enough guys. You should get sick of fighting the same dudes over and over. Um, this one has even wackier um, the, the 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 sound effects for the bad guys. They really make some strange noise in this one. It's even wackier than the first one. I mean, it's like something's going on off screen that I can't see. <laughs> you know, it's it's the darnest thing. But I, and the weapons in this, I've heard some people say that the weapons are sort of useless. But the third one, they're really useless. But in this one. I can get a weapon and go through just clean house and like take take out the main bosses and without any trouble, you know. But this one, there, you know, there's not a whole lot to say that wasn't involved in the first one. You basically go through and try to clean these guys up and get and get your and uh, get the guy who killed your girlfriend. Um, the uh, they have some characters that are back from the first one. They've kind of they've kind of given them some new moves. Uh, this one's divided into four missions. There's one where you're at like a heliport, which that's the first level. And then the, there's a, uh, <laughs> a lumber store yard or like a almost looks like a place. 84 lumber. That's exactly what I was thinking, right. <laughs> then there's one which bizarrely takes place out on that farm. <laughs> Bob Evans. Well, remember, in the first one, you're out in the woods and that one thing. So, but this one, you're on a farm. And it, it's weird to see uh, kung fu thug beaters out on a farm. Right. Not you their natural Can you imagine you're out plowing the fields and here comes Buddy and or Billy and Jimmy and they're whooping some thugs. It's like, what are Just these? over the horizon. It's like, I mean, we live where there's a lot of farms. If I saw a gang of thugs fighting two martial artists in a, in a, a cow pasture, I'd be like, what? You know, what the heck am I yeah, looking at here? It's a weird scene. You know, and then, uh, and then also uh, uh, the hideout of the boss, of course, you got to have that. You got to have that. Um, and, and the funny thing about this one if you uh, at the end of this you fight your own clone, and if you're playing two players, you got to fight two clones. Mm-hmm. So hey, so and that's a, that's a tough fight too. That's yeah, a, I've seen you do that on on your actual mm-hmm. machine. So what did you think of this one overall? I you know mm-hmm. this this one is my favorite of of the three. I think yeah. uh, of an overall package, it's it's a very I think it's a very good port of <coughs> you know the arcade the arcade game. It's it's hard to say that this is a fantastic game because I don't think any of any three of these games are fantastic, especially when you compare them. I've always been more of a fan of Final Fight than the Double Dragon series. Not the I, Final Fight on the Amiga, though. No, but I mean, <laughs> it, it came later and it was able to right a lot of the wrongs that Double Dragon did. But Double Dragon's an original, and um, you know, I still I still think that this opening level <laughs> with the helicopter and stuff is really cool. Um, I but, like the bad guy, uh, especially I really. The first bad guy is just like tubby biker, and he comes out. He's like, eh, 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 eh. he has this laugh, and I just want to just wail on this guy. He's such a loser, and so that's satisfying. After the guy comes out and, and laughs, and he'll be laughing as you destroy him. And there's a lot of guys. The second level has a big, tall, like I mean, just the biggest looking geek, and he throws all these kicks and punches. And he's another great, but he's a lot tougher. But he's still, it's gratifying to destroy these guys because yeah. they, they they look like. This gang is, I don't I can see why they're failing. You know, this is the biggest collection of goobers you ever saw. But it's still, it's it's gratifying. I should have mentioned this on, on the first one, but I, I did get uh, some uh, uh, some uh, ratings for these and how they how they reviewed. And this one reviewed, well, it was a little, it was up and down, really. I mean, uh, Amiga Format gave it a 73%, and Amiga Joker gave it an 80. Wow. You know, not bad, but then... Uh, 
Amiga Action gave it a 27. I mean, it hated it. I don't know what Man. happened there. Mostly in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know. Not too bad. And the first one was sort of in the... Oh, you know why? That's all you need to know right there. No, re-release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably... I mean, it's amazing that when these things re- get re-reviewed, I mean, People they just kill, kill them, them you yeah. know? The first one was, uh, you know, it's in a similar vein. They You're looking at the... Uh, a 62 and a 69 for the re-release. So the, the first one didn't get that many reviews. Uh, so uh, they hated any game that was old. They killed it. You'd mm. think at the end, they I guess this was 92, so they were still getting new stuff. They're a lot kinder in, say, the late 90s. Oh, yeah. like, like, or oh, even we'll, the mid-90s. Yeah, we'll take, yeah. we'll take anything. But this one, I thought, um, for the most part, was, was the most tolerable of the three. Mm-hmm. It, it had all the stuff I liked from the first one, the kind of exploration, the crazy fighting. <laughs> With better graphics, I wish they had more guys, and plus the sound effects. This is so goofy that it, that makes me happy. Yeah, I was gonna say that's almost a plus. Yeah, it is. Um, so we're gonna go. Let's go ahead and talk about the the big daddy of the three, which would be Double Dragon Part Three. Now, Double Dragon Three. This is the uh, redheaded stepchild of of the uh, Double Dragon series, and I don't I don't mean on the Amiga. I mean in the arcade too. Yeah. So this one was out in '91. And this was done by uh, an outfit we've actually covered before called the Sales Curve slash Storm. Uh, the Sales Curve were responsible for uh, Rodlin and Swiv, which we. This game was actually packaged with Rodlin yes, at one time. Yes, that was crazy. I noticed yeah. that and I couldn't figure it out until I looked into it. I didn't think Rodlin even got a release. I'm not sure if it got a solo release or it was always packaged with this. And we're going to cover Rodlin because you know I love. Uh, uh, we actually we did We've cover Rodman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of uh, it doesn't Dennis matter. Rodman. No, not Rod. Yeah, that's it. We're gonna cover Dennis Rodman. <laughs> but Rodman, what a what an odd combination to have this with Double Dragon Three. Yeah, it's a weird grouping you know, of games for sure. But hey, they're both sales curve titles. So. Yeah. Uh, so this came on two discs. Again, it had simultaneous play. And uh, now this was a whole new outfit of guys. Uh, this was uh, a guy named Greg Michael that did the coding on this. Uh, and most of these guys are just your uh, standard guys that worked on some of the sales curve stuff. Um, so, and this was released on less stuff. So I'm guessing that the second one didn't do as well, and so they released it on less stuff. But I mean, it's the same basic stuff, uh, except the handhelds or the Game Boy got one, but you don't see one for like the uh, like the Atari's handheld or anything like that. So they they, they dropped some of the support, you know. Um, so this one's called Double Dragon Three: The Rosetta Stone. Now. We'll go into a brief history about why this one is the way it is. This is probably the most interesting of the three, despite the fact it's probably the worst of the three. Um, and in Japan, when Technos was like, let's do Double Dragon 3, well, they were busy. And what were they doing? They were, among other things, they were working on WWF uh, superstars. And so they sent this out to another outfit to, to develop. And that place they sent it was called East Technology. And um, they ha- literally did whatever they wanted. Like Technos just said, I guess do whatever you want. And so they didn't use any of the, it's a completely different game. The guys look different. It's got a different system for play. And it looks way different than the other ones. Um, in this one, uh, Billy and Jimmy are sent around the world by this little, uh, I guess, fortune teller guy mm-hmm. to collect all the, these sacred stones. And when they do this, they will unlock untold riches which then they're going to give the cherry. Right. right. That's the gimmick, right. right? So that in itself is kind of a goofy plot. And then also, 
this is one where not everything takes place in the streets. I mean, I mean, what well, Nutter really did, but I mean, this one you're in some real it's weird, exotic you're locations, in pyramids yeah. and docks, all kinds of weird stuff. And uh, like you go to different countries, so like you start off in the United States, and then you go to uh, China, then you go to Japan, and so on. In each stage, you encounter someone that will is a boss, and you try to beat them for the stone. I don't think America's got a stone, but I know I know China's got one, Japan. And, and you have fight their end bosses. It's the same thing, and, it, and very similar. You fight, uh, like in China, you'll fight a bunch of guys that look the same, and they're all the Chinese guys. And in Japan, you fight the same type guys for the Japan stage. So that, that formula is the same, but they spiced it up a little bit. And what they did in this one was they, st- they have a store, and you go in, and you've got a certain amount of coins. And you can spend the coins on, like, extra lives or extra, basically extra characters or special moves. Mm-hmm. It's, but the system is real goofy. I couldn't figure out exactly. We remember we tried to play this. Yeah. And we were like, "What?" what yeah, is this I don't. Goofy I thing? think this was something that was lost in the port. Yeah. Well, in the arcade, you you they you you used actual money. Yeah, you use actual money, and that's that's the reason why this game is universally despised. One of the reasons is because this is with all of the Battlefront Two talk these days. This was the origin of the microtransaction. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know where you're you're paying real money for in-game upgrades. Yeah. Now I will say this. I read. I did a little digging and. It turns out that when they when they released this game in Japan, they got rid of the that system of extra coins. Mm. And the Japanese version, this is probably if you're gonna play the arcade version, the Japanese version is the way to go. It has all, like in this you can buy different characters, for example. And I think there are four on the Amiga. And uh, um, in Japan, like they come, you can just select them. So they made changes for the Japanese market with the arcade machine. Why? Because everybody hated it. All right. I never saw this in the arcade, so I never played it in the arcade. No, no, I just I just read about it. So when you look at this game right off the bat, it just looks different. It's gray. It's the characters are. I mean, in some ways, it's more well defined, but in some ways, it's more. It's it's not cartoony at all. Mm-hmm. It's not realistic. It's just it's, it's something. It's it, it seems like it's more it's more gritty. Um, it looks a lot like RoboCop. It, it, um, yeah, it actually reminded me of like crime fighters. Yeah, crime or something fighters like that. You can tell that you know by this time beat 'em ups <laughs> had you know reached their zenith and they were trying to draw from all of the big titles. Yeah, they and they were also play. trying to what they were also trying to do was make money. Mm-hmm. And so this is the age of adding money to continue, adding money for health. You know, they wanted to get your get your money. The fact that there's a store in this, I just find goofy. Yeah. It's yeah. something else I just thought was real strange. Now, this one control was pretty well. I thought this probably controlled better than the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I know in the arcade, the second one, they implemented this kind of nutty control scheme, which the Amiga didn't really translate it because of one button and one stick. And this one, I mean, they all sort of work the same, but I thought that I could control my guy pretty well mm-hmm. in this. Uh, there, are, Like I said, there are four different guys in this. I, I played, the, uh, of course, the two basic guys, and I also played this karate guy. I didn't really think I had more or less success with any of the extra guys. Of course, I cheated to get them so I could try them out, you know. We actually beat this one, mm-hmm. uh, amazingly, which that's a rarity for the Amigos to, to beat a game. And uh, uh, we went all the way through it. We collected all the stones. We knew that little, I mean, here's a spoiler alert, that little fortune-telling troll turns on you. Right. So we knew that was going to go down. So I, it was that was tough to beat his little butt. And then there's a weird screen where you're fighting, like, out in space. Mm-hmm. Remember that crazy mm-hmm. screen? So there's some... There's some trippy stuff in this, uh, but uh, you eventually, you know, go around and collect all the stones. Uh, there's more moves in this, and allegedly, I don't know if we saw all of them. It's easier to get the spin kick off, I thought, in this one than they, than they have in the first one or the second one. I mean, uh, but overall, 
Uh, this is a goofy game. I would rate this game higher if it wasn't for one thing, and I think you know what I'm talking the, about. The Tell them what it is. So there's a puzzle about three-quarters of the way through the game, and you have to spell out. Are you spelling out Rosetta? Isn't that right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And to do that, you have to jump on a certain. You have to jump on these tiles in a certain order, and you're timed because there is sort of like a sand monster type, huge mouthed enemy that will come and, and destroy you if you don't jump. And if you do jump the wrong, if you do jump and it's the wrong one, you die immediately. So it's very very frustrating, especially with the control scheme on the Amiga. But luckily, Aaron, who is just he's a savant at these sort of things he powered us through it oh yeah because i couldn't have done it actually we did do pretty well though overall now, you know i looked for a lot i tried to find some dirt on this or some interesting stories that were on the amiga version i didn't find anything about the development or anything i mean i, I guess it went okay like and this is a pretty faithful port yeah, yeah but i did find an interview with the guy that did the music which the music the opening theme for this is awesome it really rocks out and his name is Andrew uh, Barnab Barnabas, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, <coughs> uh, they, he worked for the sales curve. He, they had brought him in. He did the music. He did some of the music for uh, Sviv, which we also like the music in that as well. And so and, and, uh, he, he comes in, and here's I thought this was an interesting uh, insight into how they picked the music for this stuff. Because I always pictured in my head... You know, you've got your sound guy, and he sees the game. He's like, okay, I'm going to write some rock and music that goes with this game. Not in this case, and probably not in a lot of cases. He would he brought in a, a bunch of music, uh, and you know, for them to hear, and they picked out a track they want, and that's the one they 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 you know, you know paid for it. You know, and that's what he ended up doing. So I thought that was cool. Uh, uh, he they picked a, a a track called that he called Water Two, and that's what they picked for DD uh, for. Uh, Double Dragon Three, so Water Two is the big main theme of the, of the game, uh, and it's it is a it's an awesome theme. And actually, the opening screen on this is pretty awesome too. They they did a lot of stuff right on this. I don't blame them for the fact that uh, it's kind of goofy and not very Double Dragony because again, they just they played the hand they were dealt, which was you know the arcade version of it. So, you know, this reviewed um, again sort of in the middle of the road. Uh, Amiga Action gave it sixty seven. Uh, comp Amiga Compute gave it a 72, Amiga Joker 74, uh, and uh, CU Amiga 71. Of course, Amiga Power is 29, so they killed it. Mm. I don't know if that was a re-review or not. And then a couple of 84s. So, you know, let's say C minus, D plus average mm -hmm. on that. Really, these games are all right in that row, yeah, really. There's nothing that stands out mm -hmm. that makes you say, man, this is the best thing I ever played, you know. Right. Uh, I did look these things up on eBay. Let me flip back over here. Um they were all readily available, I will say that. Uh, so, <coughs> for for uh, uh, Double Dragon 1 and 2, you can get them both. There was a guy selling them for thirty-seven fifty in the in uh, U.S. dollars. That's in the U.S. There's a guy selling Double Dragon for 40 bucks in Canada. So, there's you get a lot of good spread here. Double Dragon 2, I saw selling for 44 U.S. dollars in Australia. So, if you wanted that one. Double Dragon 2 also selling... In the UK, it's going cheaper there, as you would imagine, fifteen bucks. American uh, Double Dragon Three, probably the rarest of the titles, but I did see them out there. And uh, in the UK, you can get these all day for somewhere in between thirty and seventy bucks, boxed. And uh, there were tons of them. And then there were a lot of those Rodland packs, and they were going cheap. You know, so I mean, I mean, che probably cheaper yeah. than the. But I mean, and it the, came with the main game apparently. Right. I think just the the box art is less than desirable. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I did notice that the, that Double Dragon Three in particular, they all they all got packed into a million 
of those uh, uh, like um, beat 'em up packs, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you can. You, that's probably if you want a ton of games cheap, those packs that's are the way, way to, to go. go. Yeah. So there you go, Double Dragon. Overall, you know, they're a quick pickup, fun game. They're not in the same ballpark as say like a Golden Axe, for example, in terms of the beat 'em up. I'd yeah. say that's probably your top. That's On amongst the, the top, ones, yeah. the top of the line yeah. ones for me. <clears throat> well, Aaron, it's time for your favorite part of the show: oh, the no. salute to the Patreons. We're going to mellow it out a little bit this week. Oh, okay, because we've been rocking it too hard, have we? <laughs> With the Carmen San Diego. Oh, man. It's too intense. Three Dog Night, right? That was Three Dog Night. That was Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I knew it. I knew it. All right, Aaron. Next week, why don't we play the the King? This is the number one game. Hail to the King. We're gonna do the only game we could do the week before Christmas. That's right, Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu. All right. Um, we will see you then for what's sure to be an unforgettable episode. Until next time. Adios. adios.